How's everyone doing? All right, good. All right. Yeah, yeah, Eli? Awesome, glad you're in here. So we are in a series called Jesus, and I cannot think of a better series. Um, In fact, I just preached, I think it was two, maybe three weeks ago, and I talked about how Jesus knows our pain, and we looked at the story of Lazarus and how Jesus wept, and we talked about how let Jesus heal you and uh, give him your life, emotions, and your time. And uh, my name is Pastor Luke. I'm the children's pastor here. It's great to be here. I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have amazing leaders in the gymnasium helping. Uh, in fact, actually, I think Eli was our one kid, so Eli, I'm glad you're in here. You wanted to stay in. I don't blame him. Um, God's going to move. Anyway, God, stay humble. Um, and so, yeah, are you ready for the word? Let's, let's get into it. My, uh, my message tonight is called, Jesus Cares About Your Soul. Jesus Cares About the, Your Soul. And uh, the question is, what is the difference between soul care and self-indulgence. And I'm excited to get into it. Again, we're praying for Pastor Daryl, and this message uh, is about two hours in the making. No, I had this in my back pocket. He called me about three in the afternoon. He said, oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm like, okay, I'll step in. And we called some people to get in. And so it is great to be here. But this has been brewing in my heart. I've been asking the question. I've been doing some research on, you know, what's the difference between soul care and self-indulgence, like what the world will say, uh, you know, eat a bunch of ice cream, you know, take a bubble bath and have candles, um, you know, just take a walk. Not, not bad things, but like how do we really care about our soul because Jesus cares about our soul. So here's, here's, here's what we're going to do to start. We're going to watch a video, and it's a commercial from Halo Top. It's an ice cream brand. And uh, I'm just going to play it, and then we'll talk about it. But this is probably an example of the world's definition of self-care. Well, well, look at you, seizing the day by the horns, taking care of yourself, eating delicious Halo Top Light ice cream, stretching the stress away with goat yoga, catching some calming waves, knitting good vibes, reading less emails, more romance novels. And trading the traffic for a fresh air commute? You make self-love look easy. Put yourself on top. Halo Top. Halo Top. And uh, that was a free commercial for them. Um, I love ice cream. I've definitely had Halo Top. um, And it's uh, lower-calorie ice cream. now, now I really want ice cream after watching that. Um, but I wanted to show that as like an image of like what the world would say, like that list of uh, that one young lady that was uh, doing a bunch of stuff on a bike <laughs> all at once, right? You know, all the self-care. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. But it's, it's I just kind of want to go deeper and see what does Jesus say about taking care of our soul? What does soul care mean? And here's a definition of self-indulgence, and this is from Webster. Um, it's characterized by doing or tending to do exactly what one wants, especially when this involves pleasure of, or idleness. And so I think, I think there's something to be said about, um, you know, 
apathy and, and, and overindulgence. But, you know, having ice cream is okay. Everything in moderation. But sometimes when I eat ice cream, my soul, it still aches. You know, when I, when I go for that bike ride, yeah, I got some endorphins and I burned some calories, but I still got pain in my heart deep, deep down. And so how, how can we let Jesus uh, tend to our soul? So here brings us to the definition of soul care. Soul care is the daily process of cultivating healthy thought patterns and taking inventory of emotions so that you can walk in obedience and live freely before God while also healthily forming meaningful relationships with other people. And so I really like this definition. I found it on a Christian psychology site. And I'll read it one more time because it is lengthy. Soul care is the daily process of cultivating healthy thought patterns. So it's something about our thoughts and our emotions, taking inventory of our emotions so we can walk in obedience and live freely before God and also healthily forming meaningful relationships with other people. And, um, you know, when I go to bookstores... One of the sections I go to all the time is self-help. And, you know, I, a lot of motivational stuff. I used to read that all the time. I was like a motivational guru. I just wanted to read all that. And, I, you know, it hit me one time. I don't think this is my original thought. I think I heard it in a message. But why is there not an other's help section? You know? It's all about self-help. And Jesus said, love God, love people. And there's something about taking care of yourself. There's something about boundaries. There's something about soul care. But the world says self-help, self-medicate, self-indulge. What does Jesus say? One more thought for you. This will be on the screen. Self-care ignores the soul living for the moment. Soul care ignores the self Focusing on God. And like I say, everything moderation, I want to be very careful. There's nothing wrong with having ice cream. But a lot of times when we really get caught up in what the world wants us to do for self-care is really amusement and not dealing with the root that's deep in your soul. And that brings up the question, what is the soul? Right? We have to answer that. So... Some folks know, and I want to share again, I'm going into psychology. I'm going to be a mental health uh, Christian psychologist, and so I'm getting my master's in mental health counseling, and it's been great. I've been learning a lot. In fact, I just realized how the Bible is already talking about what psychology is bringing about in a lot of ways, like renewing your mind, positive psychology, you know, uh, a reframing. Um, there's so much good stuff, like logotherapy when you're thinking about death and, and how that affects you now and, and how you live your life with meaning. And psychology is broken up in that word in there is psyche, and it means soul. So psychology is the study of the soul, and I find that interesting. Psyche means breath, wind, soul. Lagos means study of. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. And soul in there is psyche. It's psyche with, with psychology, where we could derive those words. And so um, what is the soul? Soul 
is also an image you can have is, is a body, and I saw this on one site, the, the body and then the breath of life, God's breath in it. If you look at the original languages of the Bible, the Bible um, terms like soul actually meant life or person. In Hebrew, the term nephesh and in Greek, psyche, are both translated as soul. And, and when we have this idea of soul, sometimes we think of like a, like a spirit within us, like a ghost living inside a body, like kind of a, like someone's trapped inside us, where, whereas the biblical thought would probably be more as uh, the word nephesh in, in the Hebrew literally means throat. And so here's an interesting example. If you, you um, if you would kill someone, if you choke someone, it says you, you killed their being. You kill them or like what comes in, what comes out. And so breath comes in and comes out the throat. And so it kind of is talking about the whole body. And so there's something about ne- nephish that means like everything you are, all your capabilities, all your limitations, everything before God. Love God with everything you have. And Eugene Peterson in the message uses the word psyche to mean prayer. I think that's really interesting. He says, love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer, and intelligence. I like that. So, the soul, everything you are. How do you love Jesus? And how, how, what does Jesus say about soul care? Taking, taking care of maybe the inward part of you. In Matthew, we're going to be in Matthew 11, and there's going to be three verses that I just love. Matthew 11, 28 to 30 is our passage tonight. It'll be on the screen as well. But these are words in red. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So we can keep this on the screen for a moment. When Jesus says, come, he's saying, believe. There's an essence of put your faith in Jesus as Savior. And we were out street preaching today, and Susan was there. God bless you. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes we go out, and here's, here's what we do, um, is we share the gospel, and we have these Jesus cards that I can give you some. I, I, I keep them in my wallet. I keep them everywhere. We find them. They're coming out of my ears. I have so many Jesus cards. Um, but the gospel is this, is that I have to start with the bad news before the good news. The bad news is that we've all sinned. Uh, sin leads to death, but the good news is Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, and you can't work your, the fourth point we have is you can't work your way up to heaven. Uh, you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. And you can't save yourself. So what you have to do is uh, believe in Jesus. And it says in Romans, believe, or say with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and confess, or yeah, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And I just love just proclaiming Jesus, wearing Jesus shirts, having Jesus flags in here around here. We have a Jesus night coming up. It's going to be September, September 18th. September 18th. It was part of the announcement slides going through. But Jesus, I love that name Jesus because it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Jesus really does care about our soul. And he says, come to me. 
So who are we coming to? We're coming to Jesus. And I, when I street preach, sometimes we have a microphone and we're talking to people, and it's amazing. It's just good engagement. But sometimes I'll say something like this. Hey, we're not a church thing. We're not a religious thing. We're a Jesus thing. I repeat lines like that so people hear it. And I usually tell them we're people from all different churches coming under one name, Jesus. And, and I just love that because Jesus is reminding us here, come to me. I go to church. That's good. You know, read your Bible. That's good. Pray. That's good. I mean, it's good stuff. But come to Jesus. Like, put him first. Sometimes we put religion first. And he says, all who are burdened, and it's burdened by sin, and it's a religious spirit too about it, because he's talking to all types of people that are under the law, that there's Pharisees there that have unbelievable restraints and are doing things that God never told them to do. They're so hard on themselves and hard on the people. And, he, and Jesus is saying, come to me who are burdened by life. How many of you are burdened by life? And, and Jesus is saying, come to me. You're burdened by sin. You're, come to me and I will give you rest. And when he says give, it's kind of like a gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's unearned and it's unmerited. And so in verse 29, we're moving from salvation to service. Take my yoke upon you. And so we have a picture of a yoke on the screen. And I like this picture. It's really colorful. And let's see here. The, the yoke would have been between two oxen. You can see that they're doing it together. So Jesus is kind of saying, here, Come beside me. Let's walk at my pace. Let's walk unhurried. Let's do this together. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And we can see in the picture they're, they're tilling the ground for the harvest and they're working together, uh, the oxen are. And so Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Take my yoke upon you. And sometimes we've been yoked to the wrong things. And there's a quote by J.H. Jowett, John Henry Jowett, who's a British preacher in the 1900s. He said this, The fatal mistake for the believer is to seek to to bear life's load in a single collar. God never intended a man to carry his own burden. Christ, therefore, deals only in yokes. A yoke is a neck harness for two. And the Lord himself pleads to be one of the two. He wants to share the labor of any galling task. The secret of peace and victory in the Christian life is found in putting off the taxing collar of self and accepting the master's relaxing yoke. Just love that. The secret of peace and victory in the Christian life is found in taking off the taxing collar of doing it all by yourself and accepting the master's relaxing yoke. Just like that language. So there's an idea here of now you gave your life to Jesus, now you submit to Jesus. You do what the master says. You give your whole life to him every single day. You daily die, take up your cross, and you follow him. You walk with Jesus in step, not in a hurry, not too slow, but he walks with you. 
And Jesus said, I'm gentle and lowly. And Jesus is not like the religious, pious Pharisees in his day. He came not to serve, or not to be served, but to serve. And he says, find rest for your souls. And I think that's kind of what we're going for tonight. Find rest. Wow. So there's something about Jesus in a relationship with him, in prayer, in quietness, and he offers something that the world can't, something that's real, something that's a real rest. And Jesus cares about our soul. So he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And again, this is another attack on the Pharisees because they are just bogging the people down with all this extra stuff. And Jesus says, when you are working with me, when you're walking with me, when you're watching how I do it, he says it's going to be easy. And so let me say it like this. Oh, actually, i got a good, another good quote, but it's not going to be on the screen. I just love this. I actually might get a sign. I need to talk to Hannah. I need to figure out how we're going to make this. But someone once suggested that if Jesus had a sign outside of his carpenter's shop, if Jesus had a sign outside of his shop, it would read, it would have read, my yoke, my yokes fit well. My yokes fit well. I just love that. When I read that, my yokes fit well. It's just not, it's not too, it's not too much. It doesn't hurt. My yokes are just right. Just love that. And so my heart is sometimes I, I make it complicated. I make it really hard to follow Jesus, and I'm hard on myself, and sometimes I'm doing all these things, and, and it's like sometimes I just need to ask myself, where's Jesus? I lost him in the mix of life and doing things for him, and just life. I mean, it, it, it's been a lot. And I just have to remind myself, and I'll say these truths that I repeat to myself, that Jesus isn't mad at you. Jesus isn't hurting you. He, kind of, he wants to take things off. He wants to lift things off. He, wants, he says, my burden is easy. My burden is light. So let's, let's, let's have a reality check in here. I just wanted to make a disclaimer here that this does not mean that there are no problems. There's no tri- that, that, that doesn't mean there's no trials, that there's no labor, or heartaches in the Christian life. But it does mean that we do not have to bear them alone. We are yoked with one who gives sufficient grace for every time of need. We are yoked to one who gives sufficient grace for every time of need. To serve Jesus is not bondage but true freedom. To serve Jesus is not bondage, but perfect freedom. So if you take what Jesus said, I want to read this passage. It's my favorite. Well, we just read it, but it's in the message translation. It'll be on the screen. Eugene Peterson, when he translated it, he put it this way. Just listen to this. It It just speaks right to my soul. Are you tired? Yeah. Eli's tired. Are you worn out? Yeah. Are you burnt out on religion? That would have gotten a lot of people back then. It gets me now too. He says, come 
to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll teach you how to take a real rest. Just, I just, I just, I think there's something here, and we're taking it step by step here. I just think there's something here that he's offering something that the world can't. So I didn't want to go on and on about self-care because there are things we can do that sometimes we just need to watch a 30-minute program. Like sometimes we we just want to want a break. But but there's something that Jesus offers that the world doesn't. And so when he says, I'll, I'll teach you how to take a real rest, it's because in this world, we just don't know how sometimes. Or, you know, we forgot what it's like to really just rest in his presence. Because sometimes when I think back to when, you know, you first get saved and you have that passion and that fire, it's like maybe you're like on zeal for the Lord, but then time comes, hard times come, and, it, you know, and this. And he's just like, I'm going to show you how to get back and spend time with me again. I'm going to show you how to spend time and relax in my presence, how to take things off. He's going to show you how to take a real rest. It's something you can't find in this world. It's only in Christ. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I just think this is the pace of Jesus. Walk with me. He's like, Luke, slow down. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. You just see Jesus. I mean, I just get, man, I get so tender thinking about this. Just Jesus is right there. We're harnessed together in this yoke of life. And I'm just walking the pace of Jesus. He says, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. He says, son, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Daughter, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Child of God, walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Let's say it together. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. That's the pace of Jesus right there. Man, it just gets better and better. I just love, I love diving into different translations. Look at this. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah, that could have been the title of my message. <laughs> you know, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Oh my gosh. It just goes back to that pace. I didn't even have this in my notes. I just, I, I'm just, I'm just really feeling it. And the Lord, I, there's a, 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 who is it? <laughs> no, I lost it. Oh, um, that's okay. There's a great guy that is a, uh, and he'll come to me. He said he was asked, it was Dallas Willard, and he was asked uh, by a student if you could describe Jesus in one word, what would it be? And Dallas Willard is. He's just like scratching. And he takes his time and all his answers and he said, unhurried. Unhurried. And, oh, I just thought of another story with him. Um, John Ortberg, who was a pastor at uh, Willow years ago and wrote many books um, and is a great author and speaker and all that, he came to Dallas Willard, his mentor, and he said, I got all these things going on. I'm doing yeah, his kids got to drive to school. He's married. He was a young man. He's a pastor. And he said, what should I do? You know, what can I add? And he's like, he's ready to write it down, this long list. And he calls Dallas Willard, his mentor from school, and he says, uh, Dallas just slowly says, hmm, let me think about it. 
And he pauses and then he says, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That's what, that's what I think of when I read that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Ruthlessly means just whatever it takes, eliminate hurry from your life. Go against the pace of the world. Get away with Jesus. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And I just think of that, that sign that someone once said Jesus would have. My yokes fit just right. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So I just encourage you just to think about some points in our message. I'm wrapping up. We'll probably get out early. Um, But how can we take a real rest with Jesus? And I just want you to just take some time with him. And sometimes taking a real rest with Jesus is just being real with Jesus. Just telling him what you got going on. Because we can eat ice cream and we can, and I keep going to that because of that commercial, but we can do self-care and it's good. But soul care is deeper, and Jesus wants to get that. So in this space, let's just take a moment in silence before Jesus and just tell him what's going on and take some time for your soul, and then we'll pray.